Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Marcy Ann, <clears throat> and it's been a few days since I've been on the air. We had a holiday uh here in the in the United States and um <clears throat> and it was really really hot here. <laughs> so um I'm just now getting kind of getting caught up here. And so uh today's program I'm calling a woman's value part 2 <clears throat> uh because of my last radio show um part 1 um we did look at some of the ways that civilizations here on earth have considered a woman's value. You know, from arranged marriages where there is a big dowry that is always the woman's private property. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we looked at legalized prostitution. In both these cases, a woman is compensated for providing the sexual needs for a man. Well, back in my day, a man had to get married to have regular sex, (laughs) you know, dependable regular sex. Oh, of course, there were those girls in high school we knew that had sex with boys. The boys knew who these girls were, too. And there were the inevitable pregnancies that came from those early sexual experiences because the pill hadn't been invented yet. And uh, things were kept more private and hush-hush in those days. You know, sometimes the girls were sent away to have the baby and then come back to school later on with a real strange story of some kind. But everybody knew what had happened. My mother told me and my sister that if we found out we were pregnant, we were not to come home. Believe me, that kept me celibate. The very first wedding I did at the beach was a girl who had gotten pregnant in high school her junior year. Her parents lived in a beach view home in Southern California, and we we did do the wedding there. It was just a beautiful setting. And the boys' parents and the girls' parents discussed the situation uh, together, and they agreed to allow the girl to have the baby and she stayed home with her parents, and the father stayed home with his parents while both of the kids finished high school. The parents felt that the kids should have an opportunity to see if they really, truly loved one another and and not have them just get married because they had made a baby together. You know, when I would meet with couples to discuss their wedding ceremony if the girl was pregnant, I would discuss the differences between being a husband to a wife and being a father to a child. And the same way for the mother, the difference between being a wife to a husband and being a mother to her child. While it is best for the mother and the father of the child to raise the child, in some cases the difference differences between the two are just too wide of a river to cross. But in this case, the connection between these kids indeed was a true connection. And in the summer after graduation from high school, they were married. And after we did the wedding ceremony, I did a baby blessing with them and the child. The father of the baby's family had a business, which he had been working in since he was a little boy, and he was going to be taking now a more prominent role 
in the operation of the business with his father, so he wasn't going to go to college. And the mother of the child, my bride, had been taking care of this baby from the very beginning, and she continued to be a stay-at-home mom tending to the child's every need. So this story had a happy ending. It was somewhat of a rough start, but it ended up with everybody happy and fulfilling their own personal as well as societal expectations. Well, because of our misguided, misinformed, and mismanaged welfare system in the United States, (laughs) illegitimacy is now honored by our culture. 78% of all babies born in the black culture are illegitimate, and these mothers get money from you and me to take care of these babies. The original idea behind the aid to dependent children welfare was that the most important person in a child's life is his or her mother. Uh, I want to read you the original language of when this uh, bill was first introduced. It has four statutory, statutory foundational purposes of the 1935 aid to dependent children through social Security Act. Number one, so that the children can be cared for at home. Number two, to promote marriage and to promote job preparation for work. Number three, to prevent and reduce the incident of out of wedlock pregnancies. And number four, to encourage the formation and maintenance of two parent families. You know, those were tremendously lofty goals back then, built upon the standard of our value at that time, the foundational principles originally of this country. So because these girls were going to, that had these babies were supposed to be able to stay home with them and teach them to be good little boys and girls. Um, the idea of paying these girls who get pregnant irresponsibly is rooted in those original primordial foundational principles that the mother is the critical in a child's life. The mother sets the boundaries. The mother loves her child unconditionally and teaches that child how to be a good citizen within their culture and how to be responsible and caring, loving, contributing member of our society. It's also rooted in the unspoken need for a woman's validation and a determination of her value. In doing my research for this show, I was shocked to find out how much an unmarried woman who has had a child can get in government aid. It's three times as much a year as I get in Social Security after having worked uh, for 65 years and paid into the Social Security system. All she has to do is get pregnant and have a child and no husband. She gets three times as much as I do. It's no wonder that the illegitimate rate stays so high, and I'm not sure how this aid was supposed to present prevent and reduce the incident of -of out-of-wedlock pregnancies, because all it seems to do to me is to encourage the unwed mother to have more children, because the more kids she has, the more money she gets. 
And also, how was it supposed to encourage marriage? Why would the girl want to get married if she can earn a living having babies that the government pays her to do? This boondoggle of money has now been found out by the illegal Mexicans who come to this country. In my wedding business, when the white people started living together and not getting married, the Mexicans still were getting married. So in the last half of the time I did my business, more than half of my business was from the Mexican community. But soon the Mexicans found out that if they didn't get married, the woman could get the aid to dependent children, food stamps, HUD housing, all the free medical care for her and her child. So they quit getting married. They're still a family. Mother and father are living together and making a home together for the child. They just don't get married so they can get all the welfare stuff. Well, welfare money and legalized prostitution are two ways that our civilizations have created that provide a value on a woman's worth. However, what I'm looking for here on this radio show is how can our society value a woman and allow her to stay a woman and be loving and caring and supportive tending to her own needs as well as the needs of her family, operating in over 51% of her feminine estrogen. Because what I see in the Equal Pay for Equal Work program is women trying to produce as much testosterone as she can so she can compete equally on the playing field with the men. You know, all the visuals in the movies and on television now really endorse this woman karate power, punching that guy to the ground, stomping into buildings with her machine gun flaring. While in the commercials, the men are doing laundry, you know, cooking dinner and taking the kids to the park. I just don't understand the point of this role reversal because all it says to me is we still need both parts. So why not just let the men be men and let the woman be be woman? It just works better if we do it the way it was originally intended um, by the creation who created it. <laughs> you know, in my 22 years of doing weddings, all during that time and talking to thousands of young women, both the brides and the people that come to the weddings, the young woman really wants to get married. She wants to get married first and then have her children. And in recent years, getting an education has been stuck into the middle of this. And I understand the value of an education, and I understand the additional value it gives to the woman. Because I gave up getting my education in order to work so my husband could finish his law degree. And then when he left me and the children to go traipsing off with a sweetie baby, I could only get a $5 an hour job as a secretary. So I do support the idea of a woman getting her education either before marriage or finishing up, you know, in her marriage before she has her children or during the marriage while she's raising the children. My oldest daughter got her teaching degree while she was married, working full-time, and raising two children. 
But also what I'm seeing today is women going to be, you know, into these long, involved educational pursuits to be like a doctor or a dentist, a lawyer or a professor to get a Ph.D. And then this puts the woman into a much, much later childbearing time. Now, it's not that a woman shouldn't have children later on in her life. She can. I have to say that I bounced right back after having my first two kids at 23 and 24, but it took almost three years before I felt like my old self again after I had my third child at 32 years old. And let me just tell you, by the time you're 50, you really want to be through with the kids. And if you wait to have your children until you're in your middle 30s, your kids are going to be teenagers while you're in your 50s. That's not fun. Raising kids takes about 21 years. So if you have your kids in your early 20s, then after they're raised and not on their own, you have 30 to 40 years of life left. Actually, more time left after raising your children to reap the benefits and sometimes the tears of having had children who have children who now have children because <laughs> I now have a really smart nine-year-old great-granddaughter. She, call, she calls me Grandma the Great. <laughs> you know what? The way it used to be is that a man and a woman got married. The man got the regular sex he needed and the woman was taken care of. Food, clothing, and shelter for the job of taking care of the man and raising his children. The man worked and provided the income, and the woman had the children and stayed in the home. Now, that's not to say that all women didn't work, because lots of women worked while they were raising their children. And even today, it's even more possible with so many things being able to be done remotely, and you can just work right on your computer right at home. Because uh, back when I was raising my kids, there wasn't such a thing as a daycare center. It was more of a family thing, you know, different members of the extended family pitched in and helped. And women who were then, who were either unwed or divorced or widowed were able to get the age of dependent children through Social Security, which was created to help her through a temporary situation. Did you hear that part? temporary, <laughs> until she could be prepared for a job and or get get remarried. You know, marriage has always provided the love and caring that a human needs. I mean, while it can be expressed in the sexual relationship, loving and being loved is way beyond the need for sex. Sex does provide an environment of intimacy that can fuel the entire relationship between a man and a woman. But that intimacy has no meaning without the heart dedication and commitment to a relationship. That comfort, that feeling safe, like you're not alone in this vast big universe. You've got each other's back. Standing together to face the world. This is what you have in a marriage. I don't believe that a woman really feels this just living with a man. 
in my experience in those 22 years that I did the beach wedding, show that most women want to be married and have their own home with the man that she loves. Perhaps there still are a few old-fashioned women out there today who will continue to hold the pillars of the earth, love and mercy and truth and justice, loving and taking care of the man and his children. And I'm going to leave you with this thought on this show today as we continue to search for the true value of the woman.